0: Daddy Baird, the gay dad for with Alex Megan and Leon
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared, the gay dad's podcast. What?
0: It's not just another episode. The season finale. It's the finale. we come this far, Alex. I want you all to know that this has been a particularly stressful uh, season for my husband. Let's
1: start on a nice note. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's not talk about my sweat and tears. Um, I have a little bit of a confession. Right after we finish that episode, I'm going on a treadmill and I'm not coming down until next season. I, I want to shed off all my dead bod.
0: Oh, I see you've gone back to pronouncing it dead, dead. bod.
1: Dead bod. Okay. Dad bod, okay? Dead okay. bod. Okay, laughing in my Israeli.
0: Burn it out!
1: I'm reading a book about uh, breaking habits right now, and my cake eating, it's a habit that should be discouraged.
0: <laughs> Dispensed with. Dispensed with. You know, my husband grew up thin, Thin, and so he doesn't even understand what's happening. This business of yes. eating cake and stuff, he doesn't understand. I understand it sadly, very, very well. You know? What's your, what's your worst habit? Oh, I think that you know. I love that you're asking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my worst habit, and my children have started to point this out, is that um, once they go to sleep, I don't know if any of you guys know about a Roomba, this you know robot vacuum cleaner. That's what I am after the children go asleep. Go to sleep. I sort of roam around the kitchen. Destroying any cookies or cake that have been left behind. Daddy
2: Squared.
1: Daddy Squared around the world. Today we're talking about the
0: dark side. (laughs) That's nice. Can I say that way? (laughs) I'll point out that uh, we've had a bunch of wonderful episodes where we've interviewed people from countries around the world, but. All of these countries could easily be argued to be incredibly supportive of the LGBT community, of LGBT parenting, uh, etc. Even if there are, you know, difficulties with respect to surrogacy, et cetera, they're generally speaking pretty damn good about it. Not so much the three countries that we will be highlighting today.
1: Yes, and I think that it's coming in a good time. If you guys follow us on social media, you've probably seen that our podcast has been charting as the number one podcast. In Nigeria, a country that does not have <laughs> any relationship to gay people, and, and in fact, they oh, it are, has like, a
0: relationship to them already. Well,
1: right? It made me a little sad that you know people have to live their lives listening to that instead of living their lives doing that. You know well, what what I mean?
0: I'm hoping that we can do better than that. I'm hoping that it is a valuable stepping stone for them to discover that they can. It's also great that they form. listen from
1: actually from from Nigeria. Alex explained to me something about the VPN because, you know, our podcast has been charting in countries like Hungary and Poland that are homophobic. And, you know, we hear so many things about uh, coming from Poland uh, this past
0: couple of weeks. A lot of these countries are making these laws that block communicating about LGBT issues, et cetera, with young people, because apparently we're going to influence them to become gay or I don't know what the craziness is. It's horrible. It needs to be stopped. And it's the reason why in America, in America, whenever I hear young people, and it is primarily young people now on the left talking about uh, making changes to the law, to uh, block hate speech. It makes me insane. You don't block speech, ladies and gentlemen. You just don't do it. You let people say what they have to say and then you say the opposite if what they say is hateful. So, you know, in Poland, they may be making laws and in Russia, they may be making laws barring people from communicating about, you know, LGBT issues to young people. Uh, We shouldn't be making laws in America that bar fucking Nazis from saying what they want to say. Let them say what they want to say because we have to be speaking louder and clearer than them.
1: It's true. And it reminds me that uh, just this past week, a a man in Spain was bitten to death outside of a nightclub just because he was gay. Yeah. And, you know, this 24-year-old person whose whole life was ahead of him. And all I can think of is that you guys, we just have to just be more visible. And um, the more visible we are and the more that they see that we're normal and everything is, uh, you know. Well, whatever
0: normal might be. I mean, Uh, it's no I'll tell you what, like I I, if you want to wear a Liberace outfit out, do that too. Do whatever the hell makes you happy. Let your freak flag fly. It is after all, oh, it it isn't gay pride anymore. Well, whatever. It'll be gay pride again next year. I was mentioning earlier to Jan this idea that people in so many countries that are not very open open liberal countries use VPN technology, virtual private network technology, in order to um, hide where they're going on the Internet and what they're doing from the authorities in that country. But now that I'm thinking about it, if they did that, it would not chart in that country. So, yeah, that's people weird. in Nigeria, thank you for listening. Um, hello at daddysqr.com. Send us a, an email if you're not worried about doing that.
1: But I'm glad you actually explained that so they can actually switch if they're afraid. So, you know, I don't care that it's not going to show up anymore. There. Understood. Uh, we have two guests with us today. Uh, we have Dimitri. Hi. Yep. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and Thank you for having me. And uh, Dimitri is going to speak about Russia. We're going to get uh, into that in a minute. Um, and we have Eddie. Hi, oh. Eddie. Hi there. Both are uh, newly, relatively new dads. Um, and we have Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While I am
0: while I am always here today, I will be playing a dual role as uh, as Iranian, as Iranian, because I am half Iranian. I have much to say about Iran. And your brother is a professor about my Iran. brother is a professor of Islamic studies and Iran studies. That's true. And uh, I didn't say that Eddie will speak about China.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, Even though I am originally from Taiwan, I moved here since 1990, but I do business in China Mm -hmm. and um, I travel extensively both Taiwan and China. So I can cover a little bit of both in contrast if needed.
0: I also want to point out that this is the first time since... Uh, this season began that we have a studio full of yes. actual guests yeah, that we're yeah, looking at yeah, in person. Yeah, 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 Wait, yeah, yeah. I just reached across and touched <laughs> one of them. It was great. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm so happy to have you guys here in person. It's really so nice. nice.
1: So uh, let's start with the discussion. Well, let, okay. Yeah, by all means.
0: We're visiting China, Iran, and Russia.
1: Let's talk a little bit about gay rights and LGBT rights in general and the difficulties that uh, people face. I know that uh, with Russia, we hear all we hear it all the time here. And so, Dimitri, why don't you kind of walk us just a little, give us a little bit of um, a little of color? A
3: yeah. Well, um, Russia is not um, like a single cultural um, cultural country. It's very multicultural country, and uh, we have a lot of people who are Muslim. And we have the whole region. It's called Caucasus region, with Dagestan, with Chechnya, and um, with Ossetia. Mm-hmm. And these countries are particularly against and very hostile to gay people, and um, especially in Chechnya. Mm-hmm. And I think it has something to do with the, with the religion itself, because we we all know. Let's just not sugarcoat it that. <laughs> Islamic culture is not particularly gay-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. But interestingly, around like seven years ago, Russia was pretty much liberal. and It was mm-hmm. going the right direction in, in, in the question of liberal <laughs> freedoms and the gay community acceptance and, and so on. But um, due to political gains... Russian government got got in bed with the Russian Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. and this is where the shit show began. Okay. Because uh, whenever there is a like Orthodox Church is involved with the with the, with with the civilians' life, which I think is absolutely preposterous, this is when uh, people start hating each other, and especially if people think, "Oh my God, it's so it's so trendy to be." Religious to be involved in this. So if if my church does not approve gay people, why would I? If they condemn them, I should do that too. And if even if my government does that, that's perfect. I'll be on par with my government. Great.
1: So it's more of a, like a peer pressure rather than my uh, own beliefs.
3: Yes, and again, a lot of people are not educated about who gay people are. They mm-hmm. they still think that gay people like were dresses and like they're very effeminate which we know is not the truth. just look at look mm-hmm. look at four of us well it's mm-hmm.
0: true just for those because i know that this is audio we are all wearing floor-length sequin ball gowns right now <laughs> <laughs> um uh i have the dolce and gabbana by the way just so you'll know and i'm wearing lebatons he's been
1: yeah. watching the uh, devil wears oh, prada again <laughs> <laughs> alex
2: oh,
0: i have uh, that's all um <laughs> that's I, all. I i actually have this theory I grant you as an American, I have a tendency to base things off of what I've seen in the United States, but a lot of what you're describing applies at a more liberal level in the United States as well. One of the things that happens is this. You're some Washington guy, right? And because you're a Washington guy and by the way Washington DC the city itself is extremely lefty liberal yeah. it's very a very black city it's a very diverse city etc I and mean, it's a very gay city um, you probably have a million gay friends and you are you know you live in a very cosmopolitan world but you also want to be powerful and you look and your consultants tell you that the place that you want to govern, which might be a given state in the United States, or it might be all of the United States, a la Donald Trump, by the way, is... Um, uh, is, oh, it's very conservative. Oh, it's very religious. And you say, well, well, pardon my language, fuck it, I'm going to hate gays now publicly because it's good for me. It's going to move the needle on my elections and what do I care, right? And uh, by the way, in all in all seriousness, Donald Trump himself did not have a history of being particularly anti-gay at all. But if it was going to help him, he would just candy coat all of that and change it to whatever it is. It sounds to me, I mean, I don't know what Moscow is like, but you've got to assume that the People in power are cosmopolitan enough. People they've been around the block. They they know what's up, right? But if it's going to help them stay in power, then they're going to adhere to that kind of
2: uh, attitude.
3: Yeah,
1: Eddie, what's uh, what's China like with uh,
0: with gay
2: men? I know that
1: Taiwan is like great.
2: Yeah, uh, Taiwan just yeah. legalized uh, gay marriage recently. Oh, okay. congratulations! How yeah, wonderful! Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but uh, China actually uh decriminalize um homosexuality in 1997. So mm-hmm. it's no longer you're not going to get arrested, right. you're not going to be in trouble. Um, well, when you say you're not going to be in trouble, will it will it inhibit your chances in the workplace? Absolutely. Okay. So society. Right, socially yes. speaking socially it's a speaking, problem. correct. Okay. Um uh, China actually uh, the, um since the war, uh, since the Red China, they they make it the religion to be illegal. Uh, period. So there's no it's all secular. Sin, no, so people don't uh, discriminate against gay people because of religion. So that's not a taboo. But uh, because of uh, for a couple of decades, they practiced the um, one-child policy. So for a lot of family uh, to carry on. A family name oh. to have a lineage. It's actually extremely important because if you them. have
0: one child and that child is gay and isn't going to make children,
2: correct, you're
0: fucked basically. Right, right. Oh, I so, never so thought there, of that. So
2: there's an interesting sort mm-hmm. of dynamic and, and taboo of true. They still, uh, most people still view gay people as somewhat of uh, someone else's problem. Yeah, and a lot of family actually um, almost treat it like don't ask don't tell Mm. like they kind of know but they don't want to talk about it it's kind of like an embarrassment to the family if others know right so even though your parents might accept you as a gay person or Mm. gay people uh and but they are embarrassed that others will find out because of that but Mm. but uh when it comes to socially or politically that is still a taboo for sure
1: so i i might think that um that the fact that gays are now having kids or want to have kids, it's actually can make it better
2: in some point. I think so. Um, later we can talk about surrogacy and yeah. of, uh, of of gay parents, but uh, they are a lot of, of more affluent families. They actually send their kids to America to have kids because, well, they might not disown you because you are gay, and they are parents mm-hmm. of course um yeah. but if you have kids all of a sudden that uh that sort of changed the game a lot right. um personal experience my 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 i'm out to my parents in my 20s um and they were sad but they were accepting they were loving but uh, as soon as that i told them i wanted to have kids of my own all of a sudden wow this is a whole different ball game as a matter of fact they come to my wedding they're my mom walked me down the aisle because mm-hmm. they, she think it's fantastic, you know, yeah. that, and, but one of the thing, the question or prerequisite is that you have to have kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> in order for us to be okay uh, for, for, for you being gay. I have, I have um,
0: struggled intellectually with this question for, I don't know at least 20 years now, which is if you're conservative, if you're a conservative government or a conservative church leader or whatever, okay, I get that the Bible says that, you know, the the Christian and and Jewish Bible say you can't be gay, but if you want to achieve a more family-oriented society, which is what they say all the time, ain't nothing better at achieving that than allowing gays to get married and have kids. I mean, nothing is more of an orgy killer. Than getting married and having kids because you're much less likely to spray Pam over your body and dance on the on the you know the flatbed of a truck a gay pride parade <laughs> when you have when you're married oh, and you have so that's so true so true and I and I don't understand why the the very conservatives haven't figured that out yet this is the way to fix the gays is make us like the straights Eddie you said that in China homosexuality itself was decriminalized in ninety seven right. Dimitri, in Russia, it was home. it was decriminalized in 1996. Ooh, beat you by one year. Eddie. <laughs> um, I can beat all of you because in Iran, it is still illegal as all hell on the books and officially so. Uh,
1: Dimitri, are you uh, your parents are in Russia still?
3: When I left Russia, my parents were still in Russia, but my now it's just my mom because my father passed away oh. and. Uh, 2018 in October. Oh. So and I and since I'm i um, I'm still waiting for my Salam interview. I couldn't go and oh. I couldn't oh. say goodbye. So that that that's that that's still haunting me, and I'm struggling up until this day.
1: With that uh, yeah. Did they? Um, what what were the comments about? You know, you being gay and coming out. Oh,
3: that, well, it's funny. Well, my mom when it happened in 2000 uh, when I. Came out to um, my future brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He was still dating. He was he was dating my sister by then, and um, I just came out to him. He, he wasn't like shocked or something. And I, I asked him purposely, "Don't do not tell my family yet. I will tell them by myself." Mm-hmm. And guess what he did? Oh come uh. on! He, he told the very same oh, night. Boy. So uh. he he did the dirty work. So that's fine. <laughs> and my mom's comment was. Well, I, I've always known that you were some some some, <laughs> some 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 sort of special, and my father's comment ju- was just hysterical. He was like, "Well, at least it's not necrophilia."
0: <laughs>
3: that's well, I've dated. It.
0: I've dated some men where. All right, never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk about Iran. Okay, so uh, first of all, for context. Uh, my father was born, uh, was from Iran. Um, he did not move here when most Iranians moved to the United States in 1979. He moved in 1962. And he moved here really more than any other reason to be cool. I mean that. He he wanted to get away from what he perceived as, you know, backward Iran and come to the United States and be a hippie. Um, and instead he became a doctor and a psychiatrist, which is really not the same as being a hippie. <laughs> um, but in any case, um, I do still have family in Iran. Iran is a little different.
1: Uh, I mean, do you consider Beverly Hills as Iran?
0: No, no, that's <laughs> it's t- partially <laughs> Iran. That, that, is is Iran. that is known as Iran. That is <laughs> known as uh That's what they call it. And yes, there are a ton of Iranians in Los Angeles and they Ar- are, all, they are <laughs> all relatives of mine. So here's the thing. In 1979, as most of you probably know, there was an Islamic revolution in Iran. Um, no joke. Uh, so it is a very, very conservative country. Obviously, much like what Dimitri said about Russia, uh, there are pockets of, of Iran, including Tehran, Tehran, which are have, you know, little kind of liberal-ish enclaves. But in Iran, homosexuality is illegal, formally speaking. Uh, homosexuality is punishable by death, no joking around. Uh, That said, that doesn't really happen very often. And when it does happen, what they do is they accuse the individual of rape. Uh, That is the way they uh, get away with, you know, the death penalty uh, against a gay person. As I said, it doesn't happen very often. What does happen a little bit more often is they'll just push gay men off of the roofs of buildings uh, outside Mm -hmm. of, of the law. You know, they'll just do it. So there's, you know, a fair amount of that kind of stuff. And I'll also say that culturally speaking...
1: And by the way, question... Yes. It's all uh, because of, in the name of religion?
0: Well, Iran has a democratic uh, parliamentary system, just like, uh, you know, the, the UK does, except for one little tiny detail, which is above that entire parliamentary system, there's a supreme leader who is, you know, the high priest, right? Mm-hmm. He is the imam of Iran, and whatever he says goes. So it's a democracy, except when he says it's not a democracy, and then it's not a democracy. Uh, You know, so it, it works like that. I will say, and I think that it's really valuable for us to go around and talk about the cultural side of this, um, which is so often overlaps with the legal side, but it's not the same. I think that there are many pockets of Iran where there are many, many families with gay kids and LGBT kids. And it is, you know, it's family. Family is an incredibly powerful thing in Iran. so um they embrace their gay kids and they help their gay kids stay in the closet um you know because otherwise <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. and it uh you know it it <laughs> i'm not going to say it works it's terrible uh however there is you know there it's certainly all over Iran one last note on, by the way on Iran back in i want to say 19 19- 98 or something like that, the president of Iran came out with a formal statement that there are, in fact, no homosexuals in Iran. So he solved that problem. There aren't any. I
1: heard the same thing from Russia.
3: Yeah, the same from Chechnya. uh, 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 Congratulations. When um, Ramzan Kadyrov uh, formally stated there are no... Homosexuals in Chechnya. <laughs> well, probably this this could be the case now because they killed them all.
0: Well, if you <laughs> kill enough of them. But, you know, we make more. That's the thing. So, so culturally speaking, you've already, Eddie, talked about China. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I am curious to know, what is the flow of people between China and Taiwan? Is there a lot of back and forth?
2: Um, since the 80s, late 80s, uh, when China started to open up, um, two outsiders basically. Mm -hmm. Um, they are a lot of business activities between the two and, um, some of the, the, the older generation of people from Taiwan that they were originally from China. They went back to visit. So there were some a lot more cultural and business activities. Is And uh, doing the research, I found very interesting that um, a lot of Wikipedia in China, they still claim Taiwan as part of China. So they were like, oh, um, uh, China-Taiwan legalized same-sex marriage in this so-and-so time. But uh, in reality, it's because Taiwan's president uh, at the time, who a female, which is very mm-hmm. progressive uh, in Asia as well. Um, they made it her things to me- legalize uh, same-sex marriage, right? Yeah, right. So there, there are a lot of uh, business and cultural changes. But um, in China, I think that they are they are kind of uncertain with how to deal with um, with homosexuality as well, because um, they were they were considering if. Even uh, there are some studies, if 5% of the populations is uh, age, uh, LGBT, they will have the largest LGBT community right. or, or population in the world. I want to go to that parade. Right. <laughs> 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 and in fact, there used to be a parade in Shanghai that got shut down. I'll bet. So uh, Chinese government have a, a kind of conflict of how to handle, organize. Um, they don't want the Western like um, gay uh, propaganda in a way. Right. So they wanted I to I hate kind of, this word. I hate yeah. the word gay propaganda. It's yeah. just, it's something that does not exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dis- yeah.
0: Dimitri, I disagree I, with I, you. Really? I disagree, I disagree
3: with you, Alex. Wait, no, no, that goes to our couples therapy
0: now. <laughs> you're not allowed to disagree with me. I'm with Dimitri. <laughs> I'm, I'm shutting disagree. off your microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you're not allowed to disagree with me when I just disagreed with Dimitri. <laughs> I, I do want to say, I, I want to say one thing. Propaganda is. Whatever you say, it is. It doesn't have to be a lie. Propaganda can be true. Propaganda is marketing, and if you think that gay men and the LGBT I think if you say marketing
1: because propaganda has a gross well, you cannot, color on it.
3: You, you, you cannot uh, marketing gender identity and sexual identity. This is something you can, that, that does not that I, cannot be affected by any type of propaganda because you know I was I've been exposed to uh, straight propaganda my entire life yeah. when I was born, and yet i'm here but I'm
0: how gay. can you but how can you argue that there's such a thing as straight propaganda but there isn't such a thing as gay propaganda J'accuse Duchet. <laughs> look I, it doesn't i'm not sure it matters that much but i but i i will say that i think that our propaganda is critically important um you know this podcast is some kind of form of gay propaganda it sure. is it is an opportunity for people
1: it is in nigeria
0: it, right. Well, I'm serious. It is I'll an lie. opportunity in, in, in Russia for sure, and uh, yeah.
3: Listen, <laughs> it's, it's a criminal offense. Listen, in Russia. <laughs>
0: President President Putin, if you're listening, I just want to say, I won't eat any kind of salad that you serve me because I've heard what happens, and no tea from you either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
0: We were talking about uh,
1: gay in general, but what about gay parenting? So it's not it's not exist at all because Dimitri, for with with Russia, I feel that like you gave me the sense of like it's not as bad as i thought it is but then again like we still hear these people who are you know seeking asylum and still claiming there are things that you know the the government claims there are not so
3: it's like a dual well let me explain you so yeah. it's illegal to have kids in gay environment in russia because according uh. to the russian anti gay propaganda law you cannot say you cannot speak in a positive way, again, uh, about homosexuality in front of minor. Wow, yeah. wow, so that's complicated to pull yes. off, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and uh, whenever government finds out if if, if the child ha- has been raised by uh, like lesbians or or gay guys, the child will be taken from them. Wow, does the, so is this hurt.
0: something that actually happens? That yeah. actually
3: happens, and uh, there there was a there was a like one very. Uh, um famous case of, of of two guys who actually had to flee probably to Germany mm. from Moscow yeah, yeah and it's just uh and that's why my older daughter I have a daughter and she's she's turning nine she And li- she's back in 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 Russia uh, yes yeah, she okay. lives, she lives with her mom uh-huh. with my well kind of like legally wife. And her partner, because the gay marriage is not legal in Russia, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know anything. I see. And she and she cannot know. Right for right. her own sake. Yeah.
1: Wow. Because um, she'll be taken away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gee. Uh, are you in touch? How how much are you in touch with her?
3: Uh, like almost every day. Mm. Do you have a, so? What is your role in her eyes? Like, well, are you- uh, she, she knows I'm I'm, I'm a
0: dad. Right, but I mean, does she know you? Are you like a, a friend of the family? No, oh, no, she
3: knows it because we are legally married. Mm-hmm. Oh, with her oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's complicated. Did you get that married? It is.
1: Did you get married after your family knew you were gay?
3: Oh yeah, so they they supported everything because uh, the, how this happened it it, it, was, it was so fast. It was in September 2011. I was. Um, visiting St. Petersburg to to visit my friend and my other friend from Australia was just visiting Russia for the first time. And uh, I was just there, I was staying with the girls. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about having kids and they they brought that up that they are looking to do that. And I said, well, uh, sign me up. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> man, so we agreed in September, and in October, we get pregnant. Oh, wow.
0: You know, the way it happens, two lesbians and a gay man get together in St. Petersburg. One thing leads to another. Next thing you know, there are kids.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it always happens. <laughs> yeah, so it's... um, Yes, and it, it's been a, like a roller coaster because it's not easy for me to be old. Yeah. Look, it's actually more than five years already. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, Eddie... What's it like with China, with the gay parents?
2: Well, it's not legal for surrogacy for both straight and gay couples. So, Mm -hmm. that's out of the question. Right. Domestically, to to do that. Um, And uh, adoption for uh, gay couples are not legal. Mm -hmm. So, you could be adopted a single parent, which some people do. And earlier we were talking about a lot of uh, more... Uh, affluent uh, families or that they actually because of desperation wanting to have a kid in the family so they send their kids to america or canada uh to have surrogacy to in order to have babies right so that mm-hmm. is a uh a practice that i i actually ran into a lot of others that actually are going through that uh right now um I understand that there, um, there are still a lot of closeted individuals that marry straight women to have baby and get divorced, and yeah, or or, or uh, going through it with lesbian couple. So, yeah. so that is, I think that's universal. If you mm-hmm. wanted to have kids badly, you'll find a way. I think. You know, uh, in Iran, one
0: of the things that uh, in my research and and just generally from my experience, <laughs> I guess. Um, the meaning of the bloodline is extremely important to Iranians. So the idea that, I don't know, you adopt a child or that you have uh, a child who is, for whatever reason, not fully biologically yours, That's- changes the whole dynamic of the way the family looks at this kid Absolutely. in a negative way. Um, and that really uh, you know impacts, even when Iranians leave Iran and they move to wherever, Europe or the United States, the thought of them having a child is great and all, except if it's not biologically their child, it it's not the same, you know. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's very. Can
1: weird. I just uh, insert a
0: personal question? No, quest- you can't. no personal story. <laughs> no. Uh, we've we've had some experience with that yeah. ourselves, but we won't talk about it here. Okay. Sorry. Uh,
1: Dimitri, you uh, you mentioned asylum, uh, yes. seeking asylum, um, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Sure. So are you really going through that process, and why? Uh, yes,
3: I'm really going through that process, and because of the Trump uh, administration, the administration, yeah. you're welcome. It was it was all put on hold, mm-hmm. and it's I believe it's still on hold because probably <laughs> Biden's <laughs> administration hasn't done anything yet about it. But uh, I filed my asylum in uh, June of 2017,
0: mm-hmm. and this is based on asylum based on what is- on my
3: my sexual
0: identity. And uh, um, the, from the little I understand of uh, asylum in the United States, um, there has to be a concern of threat to Correct. your physical well-being. Correct. It can't be I won't be able to get a job. It has to be worse than that. Uh, oh, from, wait,
3: what, what? It's way worse. Than
0: so, that. so basically, are are you saying that there is a Are there a significant number of? Russians um, and I'll ask the same thing Eddie if you know of Chinese people who are actually saying I need to live here because if I live in Russia there's a th- there's a real threat to my my oh, yeah
3: a, a lot so there's a there are multiple groups on Facebook though I'm not on Facebook anymore but like probably half of uh, Russian gay community in New York is all asylum seekers and asylum and asylees? Wow, wow, that's that's incredible, and, it's and a lot.
0: So, so doesn't the United States say, but it's legal
3: in Russia to be gay? What
0: are they? What is their, You know, there's
3: got to be a counter argument of some <laughs> well, kind. Right? Well, that's why in order to file your asylum case, you need to be prepared. You need to prepare it like a, um, a background, mm. like gay rights and gay unrights. And gay threats in uh, in Russia. I see. So that's uh, and that's the that's the job for um, for your attorney, right?
1: Understood. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you so basically. So how did you know what to do? Like what did, what did you did well, you research it? Did you? I, well,
3: I did, and I uh, luckily I had a pro bono. I still have a pro bono attorney, but since this is a really ongoing process, mm-hmm. we're in a, we we just keep in touch. It like every once. Mm-hmm. In a year, <laughs> yeah, and uh, wow. yes, but uh, I've I've had like multiple episodes of uh, attacks mm-hmm. in Moscow. Even though Moscow is the is the most liberal city in Russia, even then in, there are there are um, almost like half underground gay bars and gay clubs in Moscow. But I think probably they might be shot right now. Mm. And, and and don't get me wrong. It, up until 2014, it was pretty liberal. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. feeling pretty. I was I was feeling fine. I I could almost uh, hold my partner's hand in the street. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. wow and so then it just rolled back really quickly. Right. Wow. And what about?
0: Do you know much about asylum seekers based on sexual orientation from China?
2: I don't believe so. I don't think that. Um I You hear that much. Um, because
1: they have the option to move they, to another they country. They do
2: have the option to move to the United States if you wanted to, if you have the means. So, um, and generally speaking, I don't think the government is hostile toward gay individuals that are homosexual or gay couples. They might not give you the right that you wanted. But they don't necessarily go after you just because you live with another man. Or I mean, it's, it seems
1: obvious to me that they will move to Taiwan if it's so easy. Is it? it
2: it's, it's not that easy, but you can. It, it's achievable. I have yeah. to believe that
0: the, the island of Taiwan <laughs> would sink if it
2: was that. <laughs> if that many gay
0: men, right? <laughs> if it was that easy to move, that is true. Um, I will. I do want to share with you all um, a really lovely, supportive bit that the government of Iran provides to gay men, if you are gay, or let's just say, if you are oriented around being gay, and you just can't, you can't control yourself, you gotta be gay, I'm not making this up, the government of Iran suggests sexual reassignment surgery. But not only do they suggest it, they'll pay for it. That's right. <laughs> Gentlemen and gentlemen, wow. in Iran, if you're feeling kind of randy and you're feeling kind of gay and you just can't resist men, um, the government of Iran will pay you to for you to turn into a woman because somehow that will then be fine. Wow. That's... <laughs> yeah. that's
3: and, uh, and they don't give an answer if you ask... Um, what if I'm top? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a problem. No, don't don't they don't have that problem no, they, anymore. they're not no. really
2: gay. That's oh, that's I see, right. I see. <laughs>
1: um, I think uh, we should stop now for the MHB Corner, Alex. Sure.
4: This is MHB Corner. <laughs> Many of babies is uh, very pleased that we had the luxury and the opportunity to um, uh, be featured at this MHB Corner at this season of, uh, squared, uh, around the world. Um, as you would have, uh, heard by now, if you listen to some of the other corners and if you haven't, I encourage you to do so. Uh, we provided a broad range of either tips or suggestions for, uh, how to go about finding more information and what to, you need to make sure you, um, research and, uh, take into consideration before you embark on a surrogacy journey, uh, various ways to uh, be- to make sure that your uh, journey is affordable, safe, and that you uh, benefit from support and uh, encouragement, the empowerment that our events, our webinars, our community can offer you. So I encourage you to take a look and to listen to Uh, the other episodes in the MHB Corner, but also just come to our website, uh, menhavingbabies.org. We have a resource uh, section that has a lot of uh, free resources to all uh, that you can enjoy online. We have uh, a very easy way to become a member and benefit from a variety of additional uh, resources and support groups and workshops, including on financing and budgeting of your journey. Uh, access to a very wide uh, range of archival video and audio you can benefit from. But first and foremost, I would say that the best way to get oriented and really understand what the surrogacy journey is like is to come to one of our events. Uh, They are immersive. Uh, They're called conferences, but they're really uh, sometimes being referred to as boot camps uh, in the sense that over the course of two days, You put your phone aside and you really get everything you need to know about surrogacy, uh, the people you will need to meet in order to go through a surrogacy journey, numerous opportunities to be inspired and encouraged by other people who've gone through the process or are about to. And, uh, you know, really, I I should say also the ability to know whether this is something that is right for you or not. So I encourage you uh, to come and join us in one of our events. And I hope to uh, see you and um, uh, you know, uh, wish you good luck in your parenting journey.
0: MenHavingBabies.org.
1: Thank you, Ron Puldean. And if you guys want to know more about MHB and Men Having Babies, please visit our website at uh, DaddySqr.com/MHB or go directly to MenHavingBabies.org and find out all the information that they can give you about having kids through surrogacy and all the advocacy that they're doing. Uh, And I want to thank
0: them not only for existing, but for the fact that they've been part of this season. It's been really valuable to hear uh, the stuff that they have to say, especially because they're global in nature, and we're not as global as they are. (laughs)
1: Um, So, guys, we're going back to to our discussion. So, is there any organizations, LGBT organizations, that uh, exist in the countries that we're talking about today?
2: As far as I know, uh, China, actually, their largest LGBT-related organization is actually PFLAG. Oh. So not your regular, you know, gay social group, which I, I understand there are quite a few, although mm-hmm. none of them, uh, if you just try to Google it, uh, since Google doesn't exist in China, So (laughs) you don't find much information, uh, generally speaking, and um, as most of you know, China actually have very um, huge censorship as far as social media. There's no Facebook, there's no YouTube, there's no uh, Google. So, So
1: what do they have?
2: They TikTok? have their version. They have like, oh, oh TikTok is fine from China, actually. Oh, yeah. They have their version of it of uh, Facebook and Weibo, right? Weibo, and then they have Baidu, which is their knockoff of uh, Google. So, mm. uh, and which is are are all monitored somewhat by their army of cyber army, basically. So, mm. what can be seen and searched are curated. Let's just put it that way. Um but uh, yeah, they are um, they are more localized organization that you can find information. It's not that much of a taboo to find information and they are uh, quite a few gay clubs in major cities. So uh, as a gay person living in China, it's you can find information, they are places to meet people that way. Mm-hmm. Dimitri? So in
3: Russia, yeah. There, there, there used to be um, LGBT NGO. Mm-hmm. It was called um, LGBT Network of Russia. It mm-hmm. was founded in St. Petersburg by the guy with the last name uh, Kochetkov. Mm-hmm. But uh, so once when this all started with the gay propaganda and everything and the Russian sanctions in 2014 when Russia got involved with Ukraine and everything, what happened? All the NGOs that were receiving funding from the outside of the country—they were all forced to get the status of um, a foreign a foreign agent, mm-hmm. and their uh, basically their activity was just uh, down to zero. They could not do anything. Wow. And again, that so before the law of gate propaganda, the whole purpose of that organization was to educate people and tell and educate kids and adolescents that being gay is not bad that Mm -hmm. you don't have to commit suicide yeah and you have just to accept yourself and be and just love yourself because there's nothing bad about it and since it was outlawed the organizations basically stopped even working because no funding no legal rights So wait a minute, I
1: remember that uh, in 2000, maybe 15 or 16, um, I come from Israel, so the Aguda, the Israeli LGBT Association, raised money to help uh, the LGBT uh, organization in Russia,
3: and they actually donated this money, so they couldn't use it? What? I think the money was, I think I remember that, and that was connected, I think it was uh, called a rainbow track, like a, a trail, like a mm-hmm. rail track, to help uh, LGBT people from Chechnya to yeah. get, get the fuck out of Russia. <laughs> yeah, got it. That Alex, was.
0: what's uh, with Iran? There is something? Well, so so again, and, and, and this is something I do find kind of fascinating. My uh, my brother informs me that there are certainly, you know, underground clubs, and it's not that. Uh, you know, the police in in Iran don't know that they exist. Obviously, it's really hard to keep a club a, a secret. Uh, there is a bit of a don't ask, don't tell. But you're really living your life in great danger because at any moment they could decide to shut you down. I mean, you know, that used to happen in the United States. This is what the Stonewall Riot uh, comes from. But the Stonewall Riot was about shutting down the club, not, you know, arresting or killing, you know, all of the people who were you know contained therein so it's a somewhat uh, more extreme version of of the same thing that said it it does exist. People find ways, certainly the internet is nowhere near as successfully constrained in Iran as it is in uh, China, for example. They just don't have the technology or the budget to spend on, you know, the, the thousands of people who are combing through everything. Um, so, you know, people can find their way. It's a, I'll just put it this way. It's not a good life to have as, as a gay person. Are they seeking asylum as well? I don't know, but I, one one thing I'll say about asylum seeking is there are multiple reasons to be seeking asylum uh, from true. Iran right. that are successful. So, gender, uh, sexual orientation is one of them, but there are plenty of other, uh, other arguments that rounds, are
1: being made. Yes. So, mm. yeah. Dimitri, are there people who are seeking asylum from in other countries besides the U.S.? Like, what oh, are yeah. they? So, so I,
3: I have so many friends who ended up in Europe and they were and they actually had to spend like six months to three years in the refugee camp mm. like in uh, in um, Netherlands. okay it's a very common practice and people also um, people end up living in um, Southeast Asia okay. and okay. even in Bali even mm. because the the phenomenon of Bali, is that the Indo- it's, it's part of Indonesia, and Indonesia, as we all know, is is an Islamic country. Mm-hmm. But Bali is like an enclave with the ninety six percent of population uh, Hinduist. Oh. That's why it's really liberal there. It yeah. you can live freely in Bali, being gay, straight, transsexual, transgender, like anything, anyone, and nobody will tell you a thing.
0: Yeah. Going back to what I said at the beginning, I gotta say, countries need cities like that or areas like that because <laughs> because when the leadership, as 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 conservative as they might be, need to let's just say let their hair down, they got to go somewhere, yeah. you know. And and it's nice they can just pop off to Bali and do whatever naughty things but they feel like doing, and then go the back to the work. only
3: thing. It's just it, the only thing. It's so far from Russia. Russia. It's really far. It's a long flight, like yeah. a series of flights. <laughs>
0: Uh, Eddie, is something? Uh, is there something in your notes that we didn't cover? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think that we've done this in all of the other episodes of Daddy Squared around the world, and I think we need to do it here, too. It's important. The national food of your, you know, if there is an established national food, um, for example, in Iran, there's something called gondi, which is a kind of Persian, well, I mean, it's like a kind of a Persian matzo ball. I don't know how you say that in American it's a Persian, like, dumpling. Multiple. It's a dumpling, like a big dumpling. And it's, by the way, Iranian, I've said a lot of negative things about Iran during this this interview and session. Man, the food in Iran. I mean, it's not worth being gay there, but, man, the food is good. What, what, about, uh, what about Russia? Does Russia have a, a formal
3: national food? Oh, yes. What is mm-hmm. it? So, like, it's both Russian and Ukrainian because it, Probably most of people in America don't know that uh, before Russia was Russia, like two thousand years ago, it was um, it was a Kiev. Mm-hmm. It was a Kievska Rus. So mm-hmm. this is where it all began, and then they're split: right. so Moscow and Kiev. Mm-hmm. But we have our um, national. It's not soup. It, it's more. It's something in between soup and stew. It's called borscht. Yes, borscht. and that is. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> is it based always on beets? Not always. Okay, good sure. because I hate beets, but but, it, but it's good for your body. Cabbage but maybe. and the, uh, there's also um, it's like a cabbage wraps. It's called ah, kolbtsy, cool. and it's amazing as well. And like the traditional, like original Russian cuisine, is super complex. It's very hard to make. <laughs> it's very hard mm-hmm. to make. It, it sometimes it takes. Days, oh days! I'm not kidding you.
1: Does oh. Taiwan has a uh, have
2: a uh, beef noodle soup, uh, <laughs> Dumplings. I'm in, in already. I mean, stuff, I'm just yeah.
0: you know. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a Jewish man can't resist resist food from <laughs> that
3: from the China mainland or Taiwan. Asian. We just can't. Asian. We just yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. can't. And uh, let me jump in. Um, also, there there are some very weird dishes in Russia, especially for Westerners, like um <laughs> like mid jello.
1: What is that? What?
3: Ew! It's again. It's it's a it, when you you just take the like some parts of um beef or pork or of or, or, or pig and you boil it and you make it like a bone broth. Okay. When you add some pieces of meat in it and some garlic. And it's because of the of the gelatin that is in the bone. So w- when you cool it down, it creates a meat jello. I personally, mm-hmm. I love it. That
0: sounds really disgusting. <laughs> but th- I love it. It's, j- it's really good. And, yeah. and,
3: and another very bizarre uh, food from, it's actually from Soviet Russia. It's called uh, herring under the fur coat. It's the herring. It's a pickled herring yes, uh, covered with uh, like potatoes, uh, carrots, eggs, and beets. Oh. And, and a layer of mayonnaise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that actually, I'm sorry. I prefer that one no. to the gelatinous pig parts <laughs> that you were talking about before. But hey, you know, whatever. I actually want to go jump back in about food and just say that while there is, a, for some reason, a formal food of, you know, a, a national food, gundi, There is something called Tadiq. And if you can go to an Iranian, a Persian restaurant... In Beverly Hills? uh, Well, certainly in Beverly Beverly Hills, Hills, of course. (laughs) This is what Tadiq is. You make a rice dish. Uh, You know, Iranian rice dishes are incredible. They're made in these really big pots. And you mix in like vegetables and slices of potato and whatever else and a, a fair amount of oil. But the thing is that you cook it for a very long time. And on the bottom of the pot is this crust of semi-burnt rice. It's not black, it's like dark brown. And it is this heavy, crunchy thing that will change your life. It will also shorten your life dramatically. But for <laughs> sure, it is so good. Tadiq, try it. Okay, okay. for sure.
1: So we're going to put some uh, recipes to all of these things at uh, the dadisqr.com slash world finale. That sounds... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. People have to do something, you know, Absol- uh, while we're gone.
0: Absolutely. Um, By the way, can we also just quickly do icons? Sure. Okay, oh, icons. I think we should yeah, do yeah. icons, yeah. Okay? Yeah. okay? All right. So I will tell you that, and this is very sad, actually, the, the ultimate icon of culture from Iran, and from what my brother tells me, this would be agreed by Iranians living in Iran as well is a woman by the name of Gugush. Gugush actually lives right here in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles <laughs> and has of and has done so for quite a long time. Nice. Uh, she's a, a a musician, a singer. Um, I actually have one or two of her songs in my workout playlist. It's a little weird, but <laughs> Very I do weird. I, I know, I know. But she she can rock it, Gugush. Got but it. Uh, Gugush is huge
2: how about how about uh, China uh, I'm actually going to share two yeah mm. uh, in China there's um, these um, they call her the, o- the, the Oprah of China ah. and the funny thing is that she's actually a transgender woman
0: wow oh. so that's she, very does surprising. she live in China? Yes. So yes wow. Very liberal. Is big, so is she you know, openly she's, like um, Yeah, yeah. Public? She
2: she dressed like a woman. She uh, She's really pretty. And uh, she is a talk show host. She used to be a dancer, ballet dancer or something. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is uh, Jingxing, uh, mm-hmm. which means gold star. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she's a quite famous uh, talk show host. She's like like idol judges, right. and Like, yeah. talk like a Letterman almost, like right? That, that sort of caliber. And another celebrity, um, she's actually from Taiwan. Her name is Jolene, mm-hmm. J O L I N. She is like the Madonna of Asia. Oh, she put on amazing dance show. So just wow, Jolene. Yeah, we will try to have <laughs> we will try to have some YouTube's yeah, on
0: daddysqr.com slash World Finale, <laughs> uh, and now from Russia Dmitry
3: Well in Russia there's one undoubtedly one gay icon locally her name is Alla Pogachova. she's a singer she started she started singing in 1970s mm-hmm. and then in it the Rings d-
1: Bell like Eurovision 1996 Yes she
3: was in a, uh, she was singing on Eurovision 1996 mm. Wow <laughs> and but she she didn't win apparently but uh, she even stated uh, publicly that uh, before the oppression of of gays in Russia, she said they made me their their queen. Yeah, so wow. she is uh, she's Fantastic. a she's a queen of all gays of all, of all gay guys and gay people, and especially um, older generation, which is myself as, <laughs> as well. <laughs> but also, there is uh, an actual there are, there are two actual lesbian singers who were very. Popular, like really huge superstars in Russia. Tattoo. And, uh, t- they're not lesbians, by the way. Oh. Mm. It, but they it, don't have to fake. be in order to be icons. They don't have <laughs> uh, It's called uh, Night Snipers, and uh, her name is Surganova, and another one is Zemfira, and she's still she's openly gay. She's openly. Dating almost married to a famous Russian actress. And surprisingly, which is this that's one very interesting thing about Russia. Russia is very accepting of lesbians, but not that's accepting. Uh yeah. that I, I find
0: that really interesting. That schism between the approach to women. Gay yeah. uh, women homosexuals versus man homosexuals. Yes, uh, s- uh, speaks a lot of the culture and what it what it thinks is yeah. important. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's part of
1: a uh, sexism, maybe. Yeah, probably. I just want to mention mention Sergey Lazarev who's my personal hero. Yes. <laughs> he's hero. not
3: your hero. That's <laughs> you not know, my a personal, hero. Well, you can, when you have a poster a, on your wall, oh, well, wow. Sergey Lazarev. Uh, Sergey Lazarev is um, protege of Philip uh, Krakov.
0: Mm.
3: Oh, I, I personally think he uh, that woman. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a guy, <laughs> yeah. but he. But I can't. He yeah. that woman is hysterical. It <laughs> is very. Um, Demonstrative, very bizarre extravaganza, and uh, since he is a, like a famous Russian superstar, he can get away with that. Well, listen, yeah, it, I, I think
0: that his last name is appropriate when translated or rather when spoken in the English because he's had all that hair lazard off. It's all, <laughs> yeah. it's all there's nobody, nobody is that smooth. Um.
1: Um.
3: <laughs> Lazarev, yes.
1: Yeah it's it's uh it's funny that um that a lot of it looks very gay like i mean you know even and even Sergey Lazarev
3: and uh. in most cases it yeah. looks the way it is
1: uh, i see <laughs> oh <Which> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it
3: looks the way it is because he, he's uh, obviously he's yeah like um, like a Dima yeah as gay as it gets. All right, I think the two of you should go off. We're and talking have your Eurovision own podcast winners. About <laughs> Eurovision. Um, okay, so I just wanted to add from myself, but uh, from many sociological perspectives, and but uh, it's actually I think it was even studied that the way society treats its homosexual members is very indicative on the freedoms. When we know when it when it was all starting in nineteen thirties in. Uh, fascist Germany, they started with Jews. Mm-hmm. They and then they switched to gays. Yeah, Th- the those two categories w- were one of the first ones, and the same was happening in Italy under Mussolini. Mm-hmm. And we need to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. it's Agreed. a good point.
1: Um, guys, gentlemen, I really want to thank you for being with us today, uh, Dimitri and Eddie. Thank, thank you so yeah. much. It was thank so such an interesting. So such an interesting discussion. Um, closing, do you want to do the closing argument, Alex?
0: There's a closing <laughs> argument? I don't know, like your right. mom was like, Alex's this,
1: closing speech was
0: amazing. This is my takeaway from an entire season where we've talked to wonderful people from countries around the world. Gay is good. Homophobia, not good.
1: Very nice. It's very my like pleasure. Something, something's up. things <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no,
0: look, seriously, I will say this in really, really important thing. I am so moved when I think about the life. So I'm, I'm about to turn 54. And I think about what has happened during my lifespan, not just in the United States, but around the world. It's incredible. Like we've gone from country to country to country. And in each one, we've heard these stories about when, you know, homosexuality was decriminalized. And then when uh, gay marriage became legal. And then when it became possible for for gay men to adopt and we hear all of this march this march forward and yes there are setbacks we've talked about them uh, with respect to russia and china uh also with respect to iran because before 1979 iran was heading in a very liberal direction pretty major setback there too but I gotta say, I believe in this. My takeaway from an in- entire season is we're gonna get there, we're all going to get no, there, and it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. We are an irresistible force of just being human beings. And at a certain point, you can't just keep people down because of whatever the hell this is that we are.
1: I'm gonna quote Conchita Rust and saying, We are unstoppable.
0: Daddy that's, that's it for our season, Alex. I I want to uh, I want to thank my husband, who really is he is the executive producer of Daddy Squared. He also does all the work um, and allows me to come in and you know blather and do whatever the hell it is that I do. Uh, this has been an amazing season and an amazing time for we're us. We're landing our jet, and our we're private landing. jet. The Daddy Squared private jet is coming in for landing. <laughs> uh, um, What's going to happen next year? Wait.
1: Next season. Wait,
0: I thought you knew.
1: Okay. so Crap. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> next year, we're going to re- return uh, for a, with a new normal season. It's not going to be around the world. Nothing um,
0: about it is going to be normal. We're
1: going to talk about parenting issue, couples therapy, and personal growth. Especially couples therapy. I'm going to try to find a way. Season. I'm going to
0: yeah. try to find a way to inject some some more outrageous stuff in there. But fine,
1: there will be a special episode that's that's already in the books about tantrum, and I'm not talking about only kids tantrum. No, no,
0: I will throw one also- for all of you that you will never ever recover from.
1: Uh, in the meantime, we're getting suggestions from uh, listeners. So you guys, if you have any topics specifically that you want to talk about in our next season, please email us at hello at daddy
0: and a few more little bits of housekeeping. Listen, this podcast has been all about trying to take our experience and the experience of our guests and share it in such a way that we really help. Hope will help the the gay community, especially men who are thinking about becoming parents. And you can help us by rating the podcast. Um, we love five stars. Just a little reminder: stars subscribing are great. also is good. Subscribing is great. Tell your friends. And then the other thing we want to mention is this. Uh, We say it in every episode. Hello at DaddySQR.com is our email address. I know that email is a little bit old-fashioned. There's a reason why we embrace it so much, because we do want the ability to have a private relationship with our listeners. If anybody ever has a question, a topic, something that they want to yell at us for, um, we really want to hear from you. It matters to us an awful lot.
1: Also, we're not going to leave here without uh, giving you guys a gift. So our gift for this season is uh, a digital album of stories. Oh, Alex yes. is finally out. So it's called Daddy Squared Bedtime Stories. It's now on Spotify. You can play it to your kids. And the reason why we decided to do that originally is because of the horrible options oh that we God. have right now on Spotify. It's like sexist, even the princess
0: and the pea. She shows up, and she's soaking wet, and the guy in the the palace, the prince, he wants a real princess. She has to be a real princess, so how do they find out if she's a real princess? They stack up a whole bunch of mattresses on top of a pea, and after they've saved her from the rain, she wakes up in the morning, and she says, "'I'm in agony. I had such a horrible night sleeping last night,' and that way they know she's a real princess.'" Well, the misogyny is unbelievable, yeah, but yeah. by all means, let's teach it to our children. <laughs> so, our. our kids
1: are listening to stories every night, and Alex and I are like, you know, looking at each right. other and like,
0: what Wait, fuck is going and, on here? And we're like, not what? even that woke. We're really not. But <laughs> the stories that are available out there are unbelievable, and we want to do a little bit better.
1: So now, yeah. So now you can you can go to Daddy Squared bedtime stories and uh, give your kids a, a good listen of uh, of uh, nice stories with uh, good morals, right? And and read, you know, equality. And read in the dulcet
0: tones of my voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I want to thank all the wonderful dads who participate throughout the season. I want to thank Men Having Babies for partnering with us for for all the season. Uh, I want to thank Alex for being here with me the whole season. Mm.
0: It is my pleasure.
1: We're going to see you guys very soon. Don't forget us at daddysqr.com.
0: Bye-bye! This
4: night... Is dedicated to everyone who believes in a future of peace and freedom. You know who you are. We are Unity and we are unstoppable. That is clear. Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Lil Nas X,
0: you've had a decent run, but Daddy Squared have dropped their first album, and we're too tired to pick it up. We're hoping you will. Don't be afraid. We don't sing or (laughs) rap. Uh, Please check out Daddy Squared Bedtime Stories Volume 1 on Spotify, Apple Music, and lots of other places. We all really love the classic children's storyline. You know, girl slash princess is poisoned, locked up, chained down by girl's evil but fabulous mother, and will die unless she does it with a hideously ugly thing, which turns out to be a handsome blonde Aryan prince who seems, frankly, marginally gay. But we decided to take a slightly different route with five stories we hope you'll love and one experimental thing, a guided meditation designed for kids. That last has been something close to miraculous in helping our boys fall asleep. If it works for yours, please let us know at hello at daddysqr.com and we'll make more of them. You can also find links to Daddy Squared Bedtime Stories on daddysqr.com slash stories. daddysqr.com